0: Support for On Being with Krista Tippett comes from the Fetzer Institute, helping build the spiritual foundation for a loving world. Fetzer's new study, What Does Spirituality Mean to Us?, reveals how spirituality informs our understanding of ourselves and each other, and inspires us to take action for the common good. Explore these findings and
1: more at spiritualitystudy.org. I'm Krista Tippett. Up next, my unedited conversation with Larry Ward. I interviewed him around the edges of a retreat with Thich Nhat Han in 2003. Part of this interview as well as my conversation with Thich Nhat Han appears in our show Remembering Thich Nhat Han, Brother Tai. So, this is going to be an hour Centered around the teachings of Thich Nhat Han and his legacy and the effect he's having on different kinds of people. And it will, I interviewed him yesterday, so that will be sort of the anchor okay. of the program, but it will also be sounds of this retreat and chanting mm-hmm. from Plum Village mm-hmm. and some of the voices of people who are here. Mm. So um, I just want to start by asking you, you know, to tell me on you know and also this is not live it doesn't have to be word perfect if you say something and want to revisit it and say it differently we get to be messy and have a real conversation and then we edit it and it will be just Mm -hmm, beautiful mm -hmm. um Uh, how's your headphone volume fine okay if you need it louder or softer that's fine um you know tell me you live in tell me where you live and what you do sort of or who you are how you want to describe who you are (laughs) That's an American way of asking who you are, what you do.
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) And um, Where I live Mm -hmm. is Asheville, North Carolina. I just moved there in May from Santa Barbara, California. One of the things I do is I own a management consulting company and I work with Fortune 500 organizations on change issues, executive coaching, and diversity. I also, in Asheville, am beginning two retail stores that sell flowers. And I'm doing that so that after 30 years or more of just traveling, I want my business, my income generation, to be close to home so that my travel then is just either to participate in uh, the Dharma mm-hmm. or to go on vacation. <laughs>
1: That's great. Tell me how you first, when and how you first encountered the teachings of Thich Han.
0: I was introduced to Thai uh, through my wife, um, who was then my fiance. She, a number of years ago, her first husband passed away in a tragic accident and as we begin to get closer some years later, she told me that there is this monk coming to the United States and he came every two years. And it was one of the fundamental things that helped her heal her grief hmm. after her husband passed away. And that that experience meant so much to her. She liked for me to go with her to a retreat so to, to meet this, this teacher.
1: And how long ago was this?
0: 1991.
1: Okay. And uh, I'm curious, were you um, a religious person in another tradition or had you had anything to do with Buddhism? Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm also a Christian minister. Oh, great. I have been for 33 years. Um, What's
1: your tradition? What denomination? Okay.
0: And I have had a spiritual practice, a conscious spiritual practice since 1969 in meditation and contemplation and prayer, both from the mystic tradition of Christianity, but also in learning and understanding spiritual practices of different spiritual traditions, Sufism, etc.
1: You know, these days more and more people are bringing traditions together, but you were pretty much on the cutting edge doing that in the late sixties. Do you think? I mean, were you aware of many other people living that way?
0: No, I wasn't. Yeah. And um, but what I what I found out about it, it's like um, anything else in life. You need more than one tool. You need different tools for different situations. And so, you know, I don't brush my teeth with a hammer. And I don't go to the toothbrush when I need to hammer a nail. So, different practices, particularly of different traditions, can help, have helped me deal with different aspects of my own healing and of my own transformation.
1: So, tell me what it was about the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, this, this particular um, way that he's developed Vietnamese uh, Zen, that affected you, that has been important to you.
0: Okay. While I had sort of an, an eclectic uh, spiritual life uh, with a sort of anchoring in Christianity, um, I found myself sort of running to the end of, uh, I had had gone into the deep end of the pool and there wasn't any more water. And what um, Encountering uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has done in his teachings and the practices for me it has helped me go into great depth in my own healing and my own transformation. Um, people often use the image of if you're looking for water and you dig 100 feet and then stop and then dig 100 feet and then stop and then dig 100 feet and then stop. Uh, you've had some interesting experiences of digging for water, but you haven't found any and you have a lot of holes in your yard. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and that was my experience of sort of my spiritual practice prior to uh, settling uh, down in in Thay's teachings. Two things that particularly uh, were inspiring to me of Thay's teachings. One was his ability to uh, translate Buddhist practice uh, as uh, human spirituality. Um, And secondly, to do that with great heart. And uh, I think one of the contributions of the the Vietnamese aspect of of Thai is the great heart, the sense of poetry, uh, metaphor that uh, that he brings with depth, intellectual clarity, and scholarship. And so that combination is uh, very appealing. Yeah. To me.
1: I wonder if you can tell me. In some practical ways or tell me a story or give me some examples of how this that you've discovered in this practice, you know, has intersected with your life as a management consultant (laughs) in Fortune 500 companies. Does it fit there?
0: Um, Well, the number one thing about being of service to other people in whatever walk of life is the quality of yourself. Uh, Because the way I looked at it is what my clients were paying me for was to bring the best quality of Larry's skills and capabilities to serve their situation. And so what uh, practicing mindfulness has done done for me is it has allowed me to, to go to another level of my best in what I can deliver in my capacity to listen to my clients, to be patient with my clients. Um, to be compassionate with my clients, to go through the process of change and help my, my clients go through the process of change, go through the process of grief when happens which happens, when big organizational changes occur. Um, it uh, has helped me introduce people to, well, let's take a break and take a walk <laughs> uh, and then come back and have an, and go further in our conversation. Um, let's take a break and play Batman. Let's I mean, so to 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 build into the process of corporate meetings and conferences space for play and space for breathing and space for relaxing, which regenerates human creativity and insight.
1: And when you when you build that in as a consultant, I'm thinking that you don't always name it and say now what we're gonna do is something that comes out of a buddhist tradition called mindfulness right i mean do you translate it into the language of of the workplace
0: wherever i am and whatever i'm doing i always try to translate it into the language of the situation i'm in Mm -hmm. or it's irrelevant
1: yeah and can you give me give me i wonder if you can think of uh, say a situation where you think you might have done something differently than you would have before i mean how just a um, concrete way in which it changed your action or reaction in some way.
0: Okay. What, what's coming up for me as you, you ask that question is um, when my mother passed away about seven years ago, I was actually on vacation with my wife and some friends in Costa Rica. And I was in a small village that only had uh, two telephones, one private, one public. The public one did not work. And the family who had the private one was away. This was around Christmas time. And, um, and it's where my tradition, I've lived all over and worked all over the world. So one of my traditions is to always be in touch with my family at holidays and to call. And so when I was finally able to get a phone and call, I found out my mother died. And so I went, um, took three days to get back Cleveland where she was and by that time she was already buried and my father uh, was overwhelmed with grief and he was so overwhelmed with grief that uh, after the burial he went home and he shut the door and he wouldn't let any of the children in the house and um, so I started sending him flowers and uh, and love letters and uh, over six months time and I would go visit and I was living somewhere else I'd go visit and I'd sit outside the house and bring my flowers and put them on the porch and this is after flying from Idaho or wherever I I was and I I knew he was in there and I'd leave them and then I'd I'd go on and visit my sister and you know et cetera et cetera and um, and finally, it all, it all, he opened the door, which was to me opening the door to himself. And, um, and so now we're in a totally different environment and different situation. And I'm certain that without the practice, that is not how I would have responded to uh, an experience, quote unquote, of rejection. Um, you know, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, if I'd have been operating out of that uh, mindset of my youth, I would just say, you know, forget you. And instead, I was able to understand what was happening to my father. I could see and feel his suffering, his tremendous heartbreak. I knew that um, he didn't have any training in dealing with emotion, none. And I knew that in my family, my mother was the emotional intelligence. And that when she passed away, he he, he had no skills, no, no capa- capacity to handle the huge uh, ocean of grief he found himself in. So my practice was to um, communicate to him that I was there for him, that I supported him, and that I loved him. But my practice also was to hold compassion for him and myself and my family so that we could all go through our grieving process uh, peacefully and at our own pace. And so um, I don't have any question whatsoever. I would not have been able to respond that way to that situation without uh, the practice, as as we like to call it.
1: Yeah. Um, I When I interviewed Ty yesterday, I, I said to him that I've noticed that he's doing retreats for different kinds of groups of people, you know, law enforcement officers, members of Congress, people of color. And I, you know, on the surface, I don't know how much sense, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure what that was about. And then when I asked him, you know, is your teaching different? When you, and he said, you know, what I'm trying to do, what I have to do every time is understand the particular suffering of this these people who've lived with a certain kind of identity Mm -hmm. and i'd like to ask you as an african american man you know do you feel that this vietnamese buddhist monk can speak to your suffering or your identity is uh how how do you experience the coming together of his culture and yours
0: okay um and from a distance many years ago i i heard um martin luther king mention that yeah. a, a monk had asked him to come out against the vietnam war and that he was uh, nominating this monk for the nobel prize and um i had heard that before my wife introduced me to Thich Nhat han and It was only during the middle of the retreat that the dots got connected for me.
1: Oh, in the early 90s? In the that early 90s. That you realized that that yeah. was the monk? That was the monk. Wow.
0: And um, part of what, um, unequivocally, yes, uh, Thay's uh, deep practice emerged in the midst of tremendous suffering of the war. Uh, and that's, that's a part, to me, of his authenticity. Is if if uh, as he's able to be peaceful, and graceful, and kind. And I know some of the things he experienced in the war. Uh, because I also had family members in the war. Uh, the, for him to be able to be that peaceful, and that open-hearted, and that kind in the midst of the suffering he experienced, without denying the suffering. I think that's a perfect model uh, pathway um, through the African-American experience um, into the full human experience.
1: Hmm. And I want to ask you this, I think is my last question, you know, just from what your experience of this practice, from being on retreats like this, from how you see yourself living this, you know, is this making a difference in the world? This this practice, this teaching?
0: Yes, I think it's making several kinds of differences. I think certainly there's a difference that is made by Ty's publications and uh, people who read them who begin to have their minds and from an intellectual level or an emotional level uh, move toward reflection of, uh, of loving kindness and compassion and understanding. I think um, certainly there's uh, all the work that flows from Thai's work that still impacts Vietnam, work with hungry children, work with building schools, work with supporting school teachers that all come out of this practice. Um, certainly there's uh, all the sanghas, local, mm-hmm. local practice groups around the world that practice on a weekly, uh, most often basis, to, uh, to stay in touch with. Uh, the essence of the practice, and then of course there's the, and, and and a sangha in a city, is able to bring a kind of uh, peace to that city or village, a kind of safe place, where people can come, uh, for healing and transformation, and then of course practice centers, uh, here in America, the monasteries, practice centers in Europe, and um, and uh, South Africa, etc. So. Um, Yes, I think a difference is being made on, on many different levels.
1: Because you know the a cynic would say, well, he can give these beautiful teachings about ending violence. And then there are these individuals who come to a retreat like this who are, who are cl- clearly taking this seriously and taking this back to their lives. But, mm-hmm. but they're just drops in the ocean.
0: I, that is true. I, I am a drop in the ocean, but I'm also the ocean. I'm a drop in America, but I'm also America. Every pain, every confusion, (laughs) every good and every bad and every ugly of America is in me. And as I'm able to transform myself and heal myself and take care of myself, I'm very conscious that I'm healing and transforming and taking care uh, of America. Particularly, I'm saying this for American cynics uh but this is also true globally and we are we are the planet we are our environment and so as we're able however small however slowly it's uh for real
1: that's your last word that was beautiful okay thank you sure so much
0: okay <laughs>